Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring indie and small press authors with host Emma Polova. The show is brought to you by sponsors Doc Chavin, The Low Ledger, and Modern History Press, which has been telling empowering stories in contemporary times. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, I will be chatting with author Robin Marwell about her book, Healing Childhood Trauma. Marvel will announce the details of her book giveaway at the end of the interview. Hello, Robin, how are you? Hello, I'm great, thanks for having me. Okay, let's talk about your book. You call yourself that girl who has survived it all, mental, domestic and drug abuse, homelessness and kidnappings throughout your childhood addiction to alcohol at the age of 15 and later becoming a teen mom at the age of 16 as a result of sexual assault. What was that turning point in your life? How did you overcome the pain and trauma of all of the above? Well, the turning part of my life was that I didn't want to repeat the cycle. And I can remember, I mean, it's so vivid, my memory of it. I was sitting in my living room and I just went on a bender And I was sitting there and I was watching my daughter run around the living room and I was looking around and I thought, this is not the way I want my story to end. So I started working on myself and healing myself and I started reading books. And there was this really great self-help book called The Art of Happiness. And in it, it said, you are in control of your moods. You are in control of your life. It's not dependent on your spouse, your parents, your childhood. And I was like, wait, what? like we aren't victims of circumstance. I had grown up knowing that to be the way, knowing that to be the truth. And I had ingrained that into my belief system because that was the only belief I knew. So when I was learned that you could dictate your own life and you had control, I was like, game on. And that was really when I took a hold of my life and started making the changes and deciding to break those cycles. How long ago was that approximately? Um, I want to say probably... I think I would, well, I was like 23, 24, right around that age. So, I mean, I don't want to dare give away my age, (laughs) but (laughs) it's just, so we get a kind of a sense of time. How long did it take you to realize this, you know, and to do, do something about it? Well, I think that's an ongoing process, really. I mean, you have to make the, once you become aware, when you don't know something, you don't know till you know, you know, and that's what I tell people. I didn't have a sense of self-worth because I'd never been taught that I was worth anything. I didn't have strong female role models. I didn't really have any role models. I was watching a lifestyle of drug abuse and domestic violence and homelessness. And it was just kind of the norm, you know, that Mm -hmm. was the way we lived. So I didn't ever learn that I was worth uh, a big life or that I could make that happen. Even, you know, we're a victim of circumstance. Like I said, previous, that's what I learned. That was my mindset. And it's amazing when you realize that you have the opportunity to choose your own mindset, no matter how you grew up, no matter what uh, stuff you've gone through, no matter what trauma you've endured, it's not the flip of a switch. I'm not implying that people think when I talk about it, I'm like, oh, I just woke up one day and la la la. Not, not the case. Like I had to work hard. I continue to work hard. It is a constant process of growing and accepting new things and deciding like, nope, I'm not going to keep living that way. No, I'm not going to let these habits creep back in. Because that can happen too, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. Yes. I mean, you got, you have to be aware and then be strong enough and wanting it enough to start making those changes. And that's that's really what happened to me and continues to happen to me. I, I am always growing, always learning, 
always ready for new lessons. So it's an ongoing process, a lifetime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's one of the greatest things about life is that we can mm-hmm. be faced with hardships and trauma. And I mean, you see it, people endure most horrible situations and they're able to snap out of it and they're able to rebuild their lives and they're not ever the same because we don't come back the same and that's not a bad thing we're putting together broken pieces and building a new hole and that's okay but we all can do it it's just wanting to do it and I and I say that a lot in my workshops and stuff I'm like you know I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face I can give you all the tools in my toolbox that I have but if you don't want to make the change and you're not willing to stay stay determined then I, then I can't help you. You know what I mean? And I can only give you what I can give, but you have to be the one to do it for yourself. Yeah. And John Patrick McCarran of the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse wrote that you hit a home run with healing childhood trauma. How so? Do you feel the same way that you've hit a home run? Uh, I absolutely do. Because I think this book for me, I'm a, I'm a very busy woman. I've got children. I work, I homeschool my children. So I don't have time to sit down and read 400 pages of the same words just over and over and over in different, in different ways. So I'm a no fluff writer. I'm right to the point. And I really like Mm -hmm. that about the way that I write a book because I want any male or female to be able to pick this book up and go, I sat down and in two nights, I read this book and now I've implemented the lessons in my books are extremely hands-on. I'm not just sitting there telling you what to do. I'm showing you, I'm giving you new habits. I'm giving you new work, you know, work to do with yourself, but it's all, um, there's different lessons throughout the book, different activities so that you're actually participating in the empowerment of your life. And I think that's really, that's really motivating, at least for me. And that's why I want to share with people. And it's also a workbook. Your book is a workbook with exercises. Yeah, absolutely. It's got exercises throughout some of the chapters that kind of give an idea of different ways that you can start changing those habits and learning to love yourself and healing those areas of childhood trauma. I really um, take a PTSD approach and it's pinpoint, tackle, strategize and discover because I don't want to just tell you what to do. I want to show you how to do it so you can implement it and it can make the difference in your life. Now, I'm not saying that I have all the answers. That's not what I'm trying to imply. I'm implying that I have the tools that I use and I've shared with many, many other humans throughout throughout the country, throughout the world, and they've had a positive impact. So I'm giving those to you throughout the pages of my book. And can you give our listeners some tips of how to get started? Where do you start in this whole process, lifelong process? of improving yourself and getting over your past. Well, absolutely. Um, The first thing that I had to do was learn to love myself. Like I I said earlier, you know, I had a lot of struggling with worth and having low self-esteem. And um, once I started learning to love myself, things changed. And I did like the most simplest thing you could do. And I took the words, I love you. And I taped them to the mirror. And every time I'd go in the bathroom, I would say, you know, I love you. And in the beginning, I did not like myself. I did not love myself. I did not think that I was worth being loved in in that situation because of the things that have happened in my past, because of the way I grew up, because of the choices I made having a kid at 16 and drinking and all of those things that, that are not a positive lifestyle. But every time that I would start to say something negative about myself, I would counteract it. I would like verbally say, stop. And I would come back with, but you held the door open for this person, or you brushed your daughter's hair today, or you know what I mean? Just little tiny little things. things. 
yeah, made the big difference within myself. And that started to change my mind process, which is amazing and mind blowing that we have the power to do that. But we do. We absolutely do. I'm living proof that we do. And so, uh, you know, it really comes down to just realizing that you're ready for the change and then committing yourself to making it. And I, I would always tell people the first go-to is the, I love you. You know, I have a really great, um, exercise that I put in my book that I want to share with you because I, I think that it's so powerful and negative self-talk is so detrimental and it causes so many issues for us. I'm guilty of it too. I, I do it sometimes still to this day. I work really hard not to, but I think we all go through that because we're our biggest critics. And, uh, one of the, one of the exercises in my book is I tell people, um, if you wouldn't say it to a five-year-old child, do not say it to yourself. Oh. Right. So next right. time you are, yeah. Right. Like next time you're, you're mm -hmm. ragging yourself and putting yourself down, stop yourself and think about would I say this to a five-year-old child standing here. And if you wouldn't, then stop saying it to yourself because your, your mind and your body believe what you're telling it. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Yep. How did you find the courage or bring yourself to write about your trauma from an empowering survivor point of view rather than from being a suffering victim? I mean, you totally juxtapose the whole issue. Usually people write about this from victim standpoint of view and you writing it from the survivor empowering. Where did you get the courage to do it that way? <laughs> Well, I think, I think that everybody, I mean, everyone has suffered some kind of childhood trauma, even if you had the cookie cutter, perfect life or your ideal of what a perfect life is, because we all have our own ideas of what's perfect and what isn't. But for me, I wanted to be able to say, you know what, I've been in the trenches, like I've went through, I've went through it. I know what it feels like to be without, I know what it feels like to not like myself. I know what it feels like to be stuck in a space that I'm not, that you're not happy in. And I wanted to be able to say, but I got out of it. And if I can do it, you can do it. So when I write, when I wrote this book, all the courage I needed was knowing that I could help one person. I could be a hand up to one person. I could encourage one person who might be going through the same things I went through that are hating themselves because they made poor choices or whatever the situation is, you know, or they're harboring all of this anger for their mom and dad or whoever their adult was in their childhood. And they're walking around their life now pissed off and they can't understand why they're so angry at everything. And they, but they don't want to contemplate the thought that they're losing their now to that childhood that was so horrible. And I thought, well, if I could help and, you know, brighten that or shine some light on those things, then that to me would make, um, would leave a pretty good legacy for me. And I would be able to share that. Plus my girls are going to read this someday, my daughters. And I wanted them to be able, they know all my stories. And it's, it's so funny because when you are a person of trauma and you're telling stories, like for me, when I tell stories about my childhood and I, to me, they're not, they're, I mean, they're bad. They're bad. Don't get me wrong, but they don't, they, they hit me different than when I'm sitting there telling a story, like to my daughters, I have a 16 year old daughter and I'm like telling her about how, you know, when I was your age, I was pregnant, I was pregnant and blah. And then you look over at her and her mouth is just like hanging open and the look on her face. And you're like, Oh yeah, maybe that was really bad, you know, cause you don't, I don't know if you, when you go through the trauma, you realize how crazy it sounds to somebody else that's never been through that. Crazy might be the wrong word there, but you, you know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah. So your past experiences can be applied to basically anything, PTSD, anything. I mean, 
anyone who's been through bad stuff, even an adult, right? Like I have a friend who has PTSD because he was in the army, he was in combat. So I see that this stuff is applicable to any experience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's really great about the online workshops I offer. They're all about healing the PTSD, healing anxiety, healing all of, because what happens is we're adults and we're walking around and we have all of these issues, right? We have our anxiety, we have our PTSD from whatever situation it's caused from. Mm-hmm. Sure. A lot of times, the reason why we're coping with things the way that we are and why we're developing the anxiety and why we're having the reactions through the PTSD and stuff is because we never healed that part of our childhood trauma that we dealt with then. And we don't understand why we can't fix it now, you know, because we're going to counseling and we're doing everything that we should be doing, but we're still lagging. We're still suffering. We're still stressed out and depressed. And we don't think to look back at, you know what, when I was a child, this happened and I never addressed it and I never looked at it and I never wanted to heal it. So I'm seeing all of my experiences now through this wounded eye. So everything that happens to me comes through this filter of a wound. And that's Mm -hmm. how I'm responding to, that's how I'm responding to my life, to other people, to the world in general. And that's really where I come in and go, you know what? I've got the eyewash. I've got the clear, I've got the clear eyes. Let's clean up those wounds. I will help you. Let's move forward. You don't, you don't have to live like this. And that, and that's really cool. It's really cool to be able to do that for people. So it's never too late to start working on oneself. If a person has problems, coping, trauma, PTSD, it's never too late. Never, never. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter, um, you know, the experience that you had. What matters is that you're ready to live a full life now. You want to take that opportunity to heal and live a better life. And that, and that, I mean, you could be 90 years old and go through that. Yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no time limit. There's no age limit. And so you're being called a shining light to all with your book. How can people use your experiences and knowledge to shine back light on them as well and on others? So this good experience spreads around us. Well, just, just in the ways that I'm doing it, you know, use your, use your trauma, share your story, let people know they're not alone because one of the worst feelings in the world is being alone. Um, I went through a divorce. I was married for like 25 years. I went through a divorce. And when I came out, I, I left, I left the home. I left the situation and I was alone. And that was the most painful part of it for me was because you're not surrounded by people who are like understanding and trying to help you through it or be compassionate about it. They're like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe you'd leave that. And I can't believe you do that. And you have kids, you know what I mean? You get all the negative mm-hmm. stuff. So just being kind to somebody who's going through something, you don't have to, you don't have to understand it, but you can still be kind to them and help them. And if you went through it yourself, I mean, that's powerful and saying, I was there. I get it. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you're going to get through it. Cause look at me now on the other side. And so sharing our story, I think is really, really impactful. Mm-hmm. What kind of tools do you give in this book to help people move forward in their lives? Any specific tools? I think that pretty much every tool that I put in the book um, is really powerful like that. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff is all about your self-worth, who you surround yourself with, who you really are, because it's, I mean, if you're, if you went through trauma, then you have created some kind of coping mechanism in most cases 
to continue on through life. And you might, you might not really be being true to who you are. And so pretty much I, I couldn't just pinpoint one activity in the book. Mm -hmm. I, I forgiveness, forgiveness is a big part of this book too. And I give an exercise to people and I say, okay, you have all of this shame and guilt and victimhood and all of these negative feelings that you're carrying around every day. And that's heavy. So here's my challenge to you. Go home, get boulders, not little tiny pebbles. I'm talking about pretty good sized rocks. And I want you to write shame, guilt, fear, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're, that you're carrying around. I want you to put them in a bag, a backpack, a purse, whatever. And I want you to carry them around with you for four hours, never taking them off. You go to the bathroom, you take it with you. You go to the store, you take it with mm -hmm. you, you wear, wear it the whole time. And then I'm like, at the end of that four hours, when you take that bag off, what are you going to feel? Relief, right? Relief, light. Right? That's exactly how forgiveness works because forgiveness is not about the other person. You know, we get so mad at people and we're like, we're going to be pissed off the rest of our lives. And we're going to, we're going to, yeah, we're going to be bad. We're going to show them, but guess what? They don't care. They don't care if you're sitting in your house crying and upset about what they did to you. Do you know what they're, you're doing right there? You're giving them your power. They're mm -hmm. still winning. They're still controlling you. And I spoke at a domestic violence shelter, which is one of my um, favorite places to speak at. Cause I'm, it's very, I was very close to my heart because of the way I grew up. And a lady was like, I started talking about forgiveness and she's like, I would never, my ex-husband did X, X, X. And I'm like, that's super painful. I can't, I'm, I'm so sorry you went through that. And I said, but I explained that to her. I said, the longer you hold on to it and the longer you're angry at him, the mm -hmm. longer he's in control of your life. Yes. So you have to let forgiveness be about you and you will feel lighter. You will feel better when you learn to forgive these people. It doesn't mean you have to forget what they did. You're not giving mm -hmm. them a path. It's okay. You're just right. saying you don't own any more of my life with it. And you also talk about revising these internal scripts that negatively affect our present lives. So how do we go about that? You know, we all have these internal scripts, all of us, no matter what. How do we go about revising that so it benefits us and so it doesn't keep hurting us? A lot of that has to do with reprogramming your thought pattern, which we all mm -hmm. can do. We all know that's possible. That's, that's just a fact um, that can happen. And so when you're going through these negative internal scripts, rewrite the script. Sit down and actually physically write it out. Like you can, you can write out what your internal go-to is that's negative and you can write the counteract to it, the positive to it. And then instead of every time you go to think of that negative, you can focus on that positive. I I've told people several times um, I've used, I've given this advice is that keep the word, write the word stop in capital letters on a piece of paper and put it in your pocket. And every time that you go to say something negative, go to your, you know, your, your negative place or whatever, grab that out of your pocket and look at the word stop because that physically stops you. It, it gives mm -hmm. you a moment, you know, it's all, it's almost like you take a few seconds to reprogram and come back with something positive. Cause if you get that time to stop, if you're, cause you can spiral really fast. I know I might speaking oh, from experience, yeah. you can spiral into a negative spot real fast, but if you can physically and mentally and visually look at the word stop and take a minute and take a deep breath and come back to something positive. Even if it's little, find something little, like, you know, you, you have your favorite plant, you used your favorite pen at work, you, whatever, it doesn't have to be anything mm -hmm. magnificent, just something that re resets you right there. And, um, you know, that takes, that takes time to get into that method, 
but I always, I've always encouraged people to keep a gratitude list, you know, 10 things that bring you instant happiness. I'm not talking about when you lose the weight and when this, I'm talking about right now, like, you know, Oh, I, so I just bought an ice maker. It's the silliest thing, but it makes me extremely happy. I went through, you know, you go through some kind of negative experience and then you start thinking about this. Like for me, it's this ice maker. And I'm like, yes, I'm so excited. You know, I got ice all the time and it's so it's silly to most people, but that's able to uh, give me a minute to focus on something positive and change my vibration. And you can't be in a state of negative in a state of despair or state of negative in a state of positive at the same time. So just taking that, doing a shift, it can really change things for you. Okay. How long did it take you to write this very important book? Uh, This book took me almost a year and that was because I was going through um, my divorce and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I ended up rewriting. I I became a different person. I Uh had manuscript and then I, I did a lot of changes because I changed myself. So um, usually when I get the vibe to write a book, uh, I have a new book that'll be coming out the end of this year. Um, I will just, I mean, I just roll it out. It comes very easily because I'm in the zone. And so uh, what was the most challenging in writing this? It must have been kind of like painful now bringing back the old stuff or how did you deal with that? I think that the writing this book was more healing than anything, but I don't feel a lot of pain associated with my childhood. Like I, I used to, but um, you know, I get asked all the time in radio shows and stuff is, are you mad at your parents? And I, I say, no, like I'm not like, I have an understanding that they did the best they could do. Like my dad didn't have a really good childhood. My mom didn't have a really good childhood. So they grew up with all of these generational baggage and this generational pain. And they just, they, they did the best that they could, you know, would I choose the way they raised me for my own children? No, but I don't think anything they did was with intention to hurt us kids or, you know, they were doing the best that they could do. So really I, uh, when writing this book, I was more excited than anything if I had any emotion, because to be able to share this stuff and reach people on such a grand scale, it's a, it's a big deal. It's really cool to be able to do that. Yes, it is. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book? Um, I, I have learned so much. And like I said, I I'm constantly learning and growing. And I just think that's a really awesome thing to be able to do in life. But I think the thing that I learned most about myself is that I'm super powerful. Like I've went through all of these things and all of this trauma, and I'm still able to look at life from a positive viewpoint. And I have my days. I'm not always positive. I, I mean, I'm a human being, but I know that I have a lot more sense of gratitude than a lot of people because of what I went through. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think the lessons are countless for me with a book like this and, um, being able to go through my, go through my feels of the things that happened in my childhood, but I'm just really grateful that I don't harbor any resentment or victimhood from that because then that'd be a lot different book. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what are the major takeaways? Uh, from the book? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The major takeaways would be that you can stop um, generational cycles, that you have the power to heal your childhood trauma, that, that the things that you're encountering now that you're suffering through, like your anxiety, PTSD, you know, all of these things that are triggering you as an adult, most likely almost surely stems from something that happened in your childhood. And if you're willing to go back and recover that and heal it, 
then you can heal and let, and let go of those things that are limiting your life now. And that's really a big focus of mine through my book, my workshops, my quiz. I have an online quiz that people can take and it's Mm -hmm. just allowing people to look at what areas are being limited now because of what they suffered in their childhood and how we can heal that. And that's why I individually go through the quizzes myself and um, really give people my full attention to each individual person on what I think would be a good action plan. And then if they are willing, I'm, I'm ready to help them get into that action plan and do the steps. So what do you feel you did right in writing this book? And what would you have done differently? Um, I think what I did right was being authentic. That's pretty much the only way I know how to be. I, I don't really have a lot of falseness to who I am. And I, I like that about myself. Uh, this book really indicates that just all of the things I just said, like you, you literally can change your life. You just have to want to do it and you can heal from any trauma that you've been through. It might take more time because everybody's individual and don't be hard on yourself for that. Um, what I, I, what I would have done different. I don't, I don't know. I I'm really happy with uh, the way it turned out and I, maybe I would have did a harder launch when it released, but it was COVID time. And so I didn't really get an opportunity to really go out and do a lot of book signings and stuff. So I'm kind of starting to do that now. Uh, and, but which is cool, which is also a benefit now. So, um, you know, I'm working like Barnes and Noble and local bookstores and get in there and do some book signings. It's so important for people to understand that every, everybody goes through childhood trauma. Everybody has their things. And it doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck in it. It doesn't mean that's who you are the rest of your life. And, and that can really be life altering when you realize that. So what is the most bizarre or interesting thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event? <laughs> that's a good one. I know everybody laughs at this. Um, shoot, I haven't really had a lot of bizarre things. I've always, people are always wanting to tell me their stories and I absolutely yes. love it. But what's really, really awesome about doing these author events is when I meet somebody, like I do like a speaking engagement, And then I meet these people. Right. And then years later, they're still messaging me or, you know, months later. And they're like, I finally left my abusive relationship. You made a big difference, you know, and stuff like that. And that's really kick ass. Like that makes me feel so good Mm -hmm. when I go out and meet people face to face. They share their story. They listen to what I have to say. And then they go back and they they make these big life changes. They've kind of been um, hesitant to make until they were given the power and I don't want to use the word permission, but they gave themselves permission to leave those situations based on what they gained from my speaking engagements and books and workshops. And that, that's really cool. That's a really neat thing. That must be very gratifying for you. That must be a very good feeling. So what is next for Robin in 2022? Well, I have a book out at the end of the year, um, which I'm really excited about and working on. I just launched um, my new childhood trauma quiz. And that's going to be really impactful because people are going to be able to go there, take it. And then I'm going to pinpoint the areas. And then I have online workshop that I offer also that's all focused on healing of the PTSD of childhood trauma and your anxiety and all of the things that we've talked about in this interview. And um, I'm working to get some more book signings secured. (laughs) So I'd like to uh, fill my calendar up. It's been weird since COVID. So I'm kind of just now getting back in the back in the vibe of everything. Yeah, all right. Would you like to read to us if we have a little bit more time left? Okay. Okay. How, how, what, how much time do you want? Three minutes. Three minutes. 
Okay. All right. So one of the reasons we shrink from trying something new is because we are afraid of failure. Since we were young, we were taught that if we aren't number one in the race or at the top of the class, then we have failed. Public school is the worst for creating this mindset. I discovered this firsthand when homeschooling my daughters. Each girl had their own method of learning that worked for them best. That This highlights the fact that there's not just one way, there are several ways and we are each different. Let me find another one. To address failure and the trauma associated with it, you have to first understand that there is no such thing as failure. What would you set out to do if you were 100% confident you could not fail? If you set a goal and work day in and day out for it, yet fall short, that doesn't mean you failed. It means you learned what doesn't work and what to do gets you that much closer next time. You cannot fail. You can learn, and anytime you do so, you are growing and progressing. You can't progress and fail at the same time. Stop doubting yourself and avoiding those risks that will move you forward. In the midst of inventing the light bulb, Thomas Edison quipped, I have not failed. I have found 10,000 ways that won't work. And then I provide an activity, three things you considered failures, but actually learned from to kind of put that um, into perspective there. Um, another part, sorry, let me get to it here. Trauma creates changes you do not choose. Healing is about creating change you do choose. Many things shape how we react to trauma. The day we are born marks the start of being shaped by the people and experience surrounding us. Our younger years are pivotal as our self-worth is formed then. Additionally, our well-being and coping mechanisms are molded by the experiences we build during these years. As you will discover throughout this chapter, your self-worth is critical in every aspect of who you are right now. All the choices you have made have been influenced by how you value yourself. It encompasses every part of your life from the people you associate with to your career, your spouse, what you buy, your vacations, right down to the clothes you wear. Your self-worth determines how you deal with trauma. It can actually make or break you. Okay, I'm going to share a story of um, when I was a child. Shoot, I lost the page. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, start this here okay my trauma started at a young age and it had affected each area of my life from that point into my adulthood it even influences my life now years and years later as a small child aged four to five i experienced violence hunger and trauma the memories are still vivid to me now most kindergartners spend their time excited about school playing with friends enjoying their favorite cartoons not me I watched from the crack at my bedroom door night after night as my dad yelled out my mom's name. And then when she wouldn't answer, break through the front door to assault my mom and grandma. If they were both there, I would jump out of bed, perhaps 2 a.m. and rush to the bedroom door, clutching my Mickey Mouse blanket, hoping he couldn't get in the door and hurt my mom. Each night that he succeeded, he battered her until she couldn't fight anymore. And then he came into my bedroom and took me. Although I tried to hide, it never worked. One night that had long lasting effects on my psyche stands out when he took it as far as he could. I watched as he bounced my mom's face off the bathroom sink. Blood was everywhere, and he just kept slamming her face into it. I knew better than to scream because I didn't want him to hurt me. Not that he ever had, but the thought was always there. I understood he was going to take me from my mom, as he has always happened. While my two sisters were fast asleep in their beds, or maybe just pretending to be asleep, I hid in my closet, covered with anything I could find, clutching my Mickey Mouse blanket. Then I heard the bedroom door open. The blanket was so dear to me and made me feel safe in the worst situations. I held my breath and just prayed. At five years old, I was so scared and knew the routine, but it still did not stop me from hoping, wishing, praying he wouldn't take me. I started to feel the clothes and blankets I had piled on me get lighter. And then all at once, he snatched me up and out the door we went. 
I remember vividly the fright I felt, the blood curling screams from my mom and from me. My arm extended out towards her in an attempt that by some miracle she could save me, but she couldn't. She stood there, blood everywhere, holding her jaw to her face, crying and begging for me. Although this wasn't the first time he took me, it was the first time he had broken a bone of my mom's. He threw me in the car and off we went to my grandma's house for supplies. Each time I was kidnapped, he had the same pattern. He'd go directly to his mom's to collect food and blankets and then sleep in the car wherever he decided. This night, we ended up in the mattress store parking lot where we ate peanut butter sandwiches and I cried myself to sleep. Even at such a young age, I remember looking at my dad as I fell asleep and not understood why he was doing this. My experiences have influenced me on many levels, from the choices I make as a parent to the way I get physically ill when witnessing a confrontation. Furthermore, I will not tolerate any abuse, mental or physical, in my relationships. I took this to the extreme always in my life. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Could you announce the details of your book giveaway of healing childhood trauma? Yes, I am so excited to share with your listeners a copy of, for a lucky listener of my book, Healing Childhood Trauma Sign. They need to email me. My email is Robin J Marvel, R-O-B-I-N-J-M-A-R-V-E-L at gmail.com. And in the subject line, I, what, what should I have them put in the subject line? Book giveaway. Book giveaway. Podcast book giveaway. Yep, book, way, book, book giveaway. And the first person who does that will be the lucky person. And I will send you a signed copy of my latest book, Healing Childhood Trauma. Excellent. And now parting shots from each one of us. Robin, you first. You are my guest. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show. I really enjoyed it. And I hope that I encourage people to get my book and reach out to me and that we can work together to heal the childhood trauma and live a powerful life. Well, thank you for sharing your powerful story. And my parting shots are buy indie, read indie, and write indie. And why not explore small presses like Modern History Press to tell your story? Read your local newspaper for inspiration. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.